and welcome again to the Hidden Lives podcast. My name is Eva and I work with our Australia team. And I'm Subin and I work for our team in Nepal. This podcast shares about the lives of people we've met during our work with the Leprosy Mission. Please note the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the Leprosy Mission. The Leprosy Mission works towards the eradication of leprosy worldwide. For those who do not know yet what leprosy is, it is a neglected tropical disease that affects some of the poorest people in the world. If you want to learn more, please visit the Leprosy Mission Australia website. Throughout our work, we meet a lot of amazing people who are often hidden or forgotten by society because of having leprosy or other disabilities. In this podcast, we want to share their stories with you. In this episode, we will talk about Asha. And some of you might have already met or know of Asha. That's right. Uh, we have introduced Asha to some of our Australian supporters. Uh, we have met or we have worked with Asha or met her around a year or so ago now. Yeah. And you and I went to take a trip to meet her as well in last April. Mm, it was great. I really liked meeting her. She's really awesome to talk to. Yes. Um, so going back to when we first met her, she was fresh out of high school and was looking for support to start nursing. So I remember at the time that Asha wasn't able to afford the fees. The cost of education, especially when you go to medical fields, the cost of education is really high. And then since both of her parents are affected with leprosy and do not have a sustainable income source, she was not able to fulfill her dream. Mm. So I remember that you met her parents because I, I didn't get to meet her parents. Yeah. What was, what was their story like? So I think it was Asha's father. That's where the story starts. Um, he came to Anandaban when he was around 11, 12 years of age. And then he, by the time he came down, he was already had signs and symptoms of leprosy. And then he was diagnosed with leprosy, started seeking medication, and then was put on medication. Um, Asha's mother as well was living in the female ward. So that was the first time that Asha's parents met. They met at Anandaman Hospital, which is quite a story in itself. And they met at Anandaman Hospital. And then once both of them were sort of cured, they ended up getting married and then moved to a nearby leprosy colony to stay there. And that's where they've been ever since. Oh, sounds like a bit of a magical story there. Yes. Considering Anandaban's already a bit of a magical place. Yes. So, love at Anandaban Hospital. And then, yeah, and that's where Asha was born in the colony itself. So, and then she was raised in the colony and she finished her, because she also had support to finish her earlier studies as well from one of our other projects. So, she's been in touch with TLMN for a really long time. So we've supported her through her journey through secondary school and now into university as well. Yes, but it's not just her. It's her parents as well. Because we, because Asha's story does not start with her, it starts with the parents, with a father, with a mother and how they came to Anand when they were really, really young. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was our first touch point into Asha's life, into what would be Asha's life. So that was when, the, when we met her. And her story is a really great example of how sometimes the things that we do now are generations past mm -hmm. and the benefit and the service that we provided to her parents is reflected through her and her studies. So tell us a bit more about what Asha is doing now. But she's studying nursing 
and she she lives away from her family, which she does feel sad about. But she's studying nursing, she's really happy to be studying nursing, and her sort of aim in life is to also help people affected by leprosy because she's seen her parents go through so many different trials and tribulations because of leprosy. So she wants to feed back into the community that has fed her as well. And I do remember when we met her earlier this year, she was saying that living away from her parents has been a little bit difficult for them and for her too, considering college is a, a bus ride, a, a whole day's bus ride away. And it's probably the first time she's lived away from home for so long. We live with our parents for a really long time. So even when you're into your 20s or 30s, I live with the parents, the role reverses. So when you start earning, you start taking care of them as opposed to them taking care of you. But it's, it's always a joint family for us. So especially when children move out at considering Asha's age, it's difficult for the children to sort of get a hold of everything. So in talking about university education for Asha, what would it mean for her to graduate and become a nurse, do you think? I mean, she's always wanted to become a nurse. So in so many different ways, it's like giving her wings to fly just so she can fulfill her dream and also because her biggest sort of desire and wish is to always help her parents and feed back into the community. I think enabling her in particular would not only change her life, but change the life of her parents as well and so many different people that are affected by leprosy because she is someone who really wants to feed back to the community. So for the leprosy colony she lives with, there's obviously a lot of other people there who are affected by leprosy and who are doing all sorts of different things. Do you think many of them have had opportunities to go to university as well? So for so many of these people, they were diagnosed from either really young and they came to Anandaban and then they had nothing to go except the medical diagnosis. They finished their diagnosis. There's always a question of what next. So once you're done with diagnosis, once you're done with the medication, what do you do then? And for so many of these people, they came at 12, 13 years of age and did not leave until 18, 19, 20. And by the time they left, they were too old to go back to school. And then two, did not have a degree to support them for jobs, for better jobs, which is how a cycle begins of people being affected by leprosy and then sort of have economic condition and that sort of keeps them going. So for many of these people, they would not have had a chance to get a better job or you know, get a better degree as well. What is the cost then of university? I, I guess because in Australia, even though university needs to be paid for, we do have supports out there of say government loans or other opportunities where we could potentially um, loan money to pay for our, our university education and then we pay it back later on. What type of systems or supports does Nepal have for, uh, for university education? The government itself, I believe there are a few programs to support kids' education because um, there are scholarship schemes, um, there are scholarship schemes within the municipality, within the metropolitan city, so there are these schemes. But then is that widespread to people who actually need it is a different question altogether. And then, because for so many of these people, unlike Australia, there is not a system of subsidized loans for us. And then it's always expected to pay out of it for your kids' education out of your pocket. And then since the cost of education is really high, people like Asha's parents can't really afford to pay it. 
Right. So it's almost a bit of a cycle, a vicious cycle that goes on. So if you've had leprosy, it affects your life because of stigma, discrimination, but also it might affect your earning capacity or it might affect you in terms of being able to go for education because you might be sick a lot. And when that that can't happen, you don't have the financial means to support the next generation or of all your children to then be able to go to university. That just keeps going as a cycle. I think what leprosy takes away more is not necessarily people's health at every given, with every single patient or beneficiary, even though there have been people who had to amputate their hands and feet. But what it does is it takes away two years of your life, essentially, and then when you lose two years from your life, you can't, and it's, if, it, if it happens during your peak, like when you're in your 20s or when you're really young, you can't never recover those two years. You keep chasing them back. Yes, yeah, so two years of your life because of needing to take medication. Yes, and then sort of if you start showing um, reaction cases, you've got to visit the hospital frequently. So if you can say the two years, if you're losing two years because of leprosy because of all the complications that come with it, you're forever left chasing those two years. Absolutely. So in... Asha's case, she now hopefully has an opportunity to break that cycle yes. and to be able to be financially stable and independent and support her family, her parents now. I, think, I don't think you and I need to state the importance of education, how important it is, even on a normal basis. But for people affected by leprosy and dependence of those, it's really, really crucial that they get the education they want, they need. Especially in Nepal, unless you have a bachelor's degree, you can't necessarily get a good job. So you, for that to happen, for you to start even earning, you need a bachelor's education. So by enabling people like Asha to study through one of our projects, we are really breaking the chain of what her parents went through to make sure that she doesn't go through the same thing. Yeah, fantastic. And I remember when I met her, uh, she was quite excited about everything that was going on with her studies. I remember her saying uh, that she was doing placement on the wards. Mm -hmm and helping out in the ward, so helping patients with uh, cleaning themselves, washing, changing bed sheets, and washing doing out bedpans, doing all the grunt work. work. Yes. And yet she was so excited about being able to do that. So she's seen the two sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. She's seen how hard it is for her to be able to study. Now that she finally can, she feels like a kid who's going to make most of it. So it's super great to always see her, always talk to her. She does live a bit far away from where we are based. So I don't really get to see her that often. But every time I do, she has got a beaming smile on her face. And she's super happy with what's been going on with her college, with her life in general. And then even though she's staying away from her parents, she, she is like a brave kid who is going to take it on her own strike. Mm, absolutely. And I remember her talking about um, her friends as well. And her... Um, having a really good bunch of friends and how they all like to go dancing together yeah i mean she was telling us about how she would they would plug their head they plug in headphones and then dance to the internal music but not have the music outside which was really funny to me yeah it's great to see that she's making friends and this sort of she has she recognizes the struggle that her parents went through and then is not looking to make the best of the opportunity that she's got mm -hmm. and then even for us who are supporting her it's actually really good to see that she takes it so well so thank you for listening to uh, asha's story today 
I hope that you have found this really interesting. And if you have any questions or feedback about what types of other stories you want to hear, please let us know. Please send us an email at communications at leprosymission.org.au. Thank you for joining us today and we will hope to speak again soon. Bye. Bye.